I want to thank the praise team for helping us out today. We are so blessed to have this talent. Thank you all who are playing instruments for using your talent for the glory of God. We are so blessed by your talent. You know, way, way back, you can go back as far as you want to go back to see where music and instruments brought in the presence of God and healing and peace. And uh, nobody plays the harp. If anybody out there in the audience, you're a harpist. And uh, we do have a harper here. Where is Harper at? Is Harp? There's Harper. Darling, my little niece. When you can, in your free time, start picking up on that harp. Just start to learn it, and we'll get you to do a solo up here. But the harp was, I remember David played the harp. We read about how David played the harp, and he would soothe the king. The king was being tormented by evil spirits, and he would say, Y'all better break that harp out because I'm fixing to go off on somebody. Bring music into your home and the right kind of music. If your family's in turmoil and you're fighting with your kids, please don't bring out Metallica and start popping that through the living room. You don't need no grunge metal. We don't need a mosh pit up in the living room. Some of y'all got mosh pits going on. The kids are up there just fighting. Why y'all fighting? We don't know. We just fighting. We love to fight. Put on some smooth jazz or something. My goodness. I mean, if break them in easy. I'm not telling you to put on Amazing Grace right off the bat, but maybe just do a little Kenny G or something. Get a little soprano sax going. Just All Kenny G songs sound the same. You've heard them one, you've heard them all. And then, hey, listen, bring the Holy Spirit. Bring, speak the name of Jesus. Bring the Holy Spirit into your home. Speak it. Lord, I, I, I bring you into this home right now. I speak the name of Jesus. Father, be in this home. Be over my children. Some of you are already doing it. I know you are. As they are fighting in the living room, you're like, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you, oh, Jesus, Jesus. Tone it down. Learn how to pray. First time guests, we're glad that you're here today. We love you. Before you love us, we love you. We'd love to meet you over here in a little side room if you'd like to meet somebody, some of our leaders, and get to know us a little bit better. Children are being dismissed. We're so glad that our media team helps us out to put up announcements because we forget things, and now the children are leaving. Praise God for so many children. Amen. You know, if you've never been here on a Wednesday night and you wonder what it looks like to have about 150 kids worshiping God all up in here, that's pretty powerful. That's awesome. And um, one thing that I like about Covenant Church Children's Group is they are the majority at, at school. They're, it's like, oh, hey, oh, hey, 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 my buddy. Hey, what's up, bro? Hey, sis, how you doing? Going to a classroom. I'm scared. I don't want to go to school. I don't know anybody. Oh, I know you. I know you. I know you. Going down the hall, slapping each other five, fist bumping. It's powerful that, that we got a group that is living for the Lord. Another thing I want to give praise and honor to right now is all of the ones who helped in camp. Those that are in here in the sanctuary right now, if you have taken kids to camp or you help, please stand real quick. I know, Chuck, go ahead. If you, if you took some kids to camp, you need to get some credit here. Crystal, just yesterday. And there's a lot of them. Uh, oh, yeah. Christina McIntyre. There's several that have taken kids to camp. They're downstairs. Natalie, Micah, different ones. We are so grateful that they took our kids to camp to give us a break because, no, I'm just kidding. We took them to camp, and there's, those kids experienced a move of God. God was moving in their heart. Thank you so much, camp leaders. There's a group heading out um, tomorrow morning, our, our older group. They're headed out. They got the vans. They're packed up. They're ready to go. 
And they're going to get out there, and I think they're going to be gone most of the week. The older kids go for a lot longer time. We had some younger kids that went just to a day camp yesterday, and uh, it was powerful to see those kids worshiping God off their phones, off their iPads, dancing around, living for the Lord, learning, learning, learning a new way of life. There was two young ladies in here today, and uh, they were walking around the church just like this. They're walking around. And I purposely get in front of somebody like that. Sometimes they just, mm -mm. oh, hey. I said, I'm going to show you all something. I said, I promise you, don't, don't. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Put your phone in your pocket. And it's like, this is, I, I, I must look, must look, must. It's okay. Put the drugs down for a minute. Put the, put the needle in your pocket. Seriously, it's just like, I'm fiending here. Oh, my phone. Look, put, your, put the drugs in your, put your phone in your pocket. I said, walk around. And I introduced, Joe Fletcher was walking in. Older gentleman, seasoned. How about we say seasoned gentleman? You know, when we're cooking food in our cast iron skillet at the house, we, get, we want that seasoning to come out. Why? Because it makes that food taste real, real good. You make things better, Brother Joe. You make it all better. Debbie, you two, you two are one, Joe and Debbie Fletcher. So Joe's walking in, overalls. He don't really have the look that they have. They're not walking around in overalls. And uh, I said, perfect opportunity here. I said, hold your hand out. Let me show you. Like this. Here we go. Hold your hand out there. Say, hi, my name's so-and-so. I don't want to out them. Hi, my name's so-and-so. What's your name, sir? He said, he smiled real big. He said, well, my name's Joe. My name's Joe Fletcher. Nice to meet you. I said, go around and see how many you can learn. And so they're walking around like, hi. Listen, you parents teach your children how to communicate, how to talk to people. You go into a dentist office these days and everybody's got their head in their phone and there's no magazines out, there's no newspapers, there's no conversation. It's our fault. It's our fault. We let it happen. I love the, the situations like that where somebody's got their head in their phone and you say, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? What do you think about this weather? And they're like, oh, it's, it's tight. <laughs> about that baseball game the other night? You see it? How about that? Yeah. And find, just kind of, okay, well, I'll talk to you. You know, I serve a, a God who wants to hear from me. I serve a, a heavenly Father, my Lord and Savior, he wants to hear from me. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to know your voice. He wants to know your name. And, and it's powerful when you can call on the name of Jesus, speak the name of Jesus, and things begin to happen and change, and God is answering your prayers. How many of you would raise your hand and say, I really think my prayers are pretty important. I, I have some important things in my life. My children, my, my, there's important things that I pray about, and I want God to hear my voice it's important that we're close to Him. All the online viewers, we welcome you today. Those of you that are sick at home and you cannot be here live with us, we thank you for being in here and joining with us. We count you as part of the service. So check in online, check in, and let us know that you're watching. We love you. That is one thing that you're going to see happening really quick here is we're going to, we're going to pretty much boost uh, around here the production of recording things. And we are going to use it as an outreach. We are going to use it as an outreach. You're going to quickly start seeing a camera over here, a camera over here. There's two cameras there right now. And we are going to 
put the best production and feed to the community as we can. Old school way of doing things was to put an ad in the Cherokee or the Jacksonville Daily Progress. We welcome you to Covenant Church. We read that. Okay, great. Another church. Dime a dozen. What do you got? We want you to feel the presence of God by tuning in on your phone, listening, got your AirPods in, and you're like, I, someone's watching it. I just feel something. I mean, we've had time and time again where people come into the church, they say, I watched a service online or I watched a message or I, I just felt different. There's something different when the presence of God moves in and sweeps into a room and it's not platonic, it's not made up, it's not fake. It is real and it's tangible and you can almost cut it with a knife when the Holy Spirit moves into a room and you feel that and you say, that's power. That's powerful. I, don't, I can't explain what I'm feeling. I can't explain that lump in my throat. I, they said it's conviction. I'm convicted. Hello. Got me. <laughs> Got him. I'm convicted. Thank you, Lord, for moving on me. But there's power in the Spirit of God and how He moves into a room. And we thank God that He shows up time and time again in this place. Thank you, Lord, for inhabiting the praises that we offer to you, Lord. We offer it to you wholeheartedly. Sincerely, Lord, we offer up our praises to you. We've already done it. We will continue to do it. And Lord, all throughout this week, we praise you. We magnify you. Lord, we want to sacrifice for you. And we pray, God, that you would meet us in our need and in our sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, I will just say this as I continue to pray. Lord, bless this sermon today. Open up our hearts and our minds. Help us to receive your word. Everybody say, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Prayer tonight at 6 o'clock. Prayer tonight at 6 o'clock. If, you're not, if you have not been a part of that, I would encourage you to come and be a part of that. Make Some of you, I would just, let me just throw out just a, just a small challenge. Just a small, just a teeny, insy, weetsy, tiny challenge. Make one prayer service this year. Okay? Sometime this year... 365 days in an entire year. One time, show up for a prayer service. And the reason I say one time in a year, because I know it won't be one time. When you feel a mighty move of God and presence, and, and here's another thing that I really enjoy about our Sunday night prayer meetings, is it's a time for us to help the needs of others. When I see somebody on their knees and they're crying, I'm like, I don't know what they're going through, but man, I just feel for them. I love them. That's my family. And now they are showing that they have a, a true need for something, and I just lay my hands on them, I pray for them, and there's so much strength that comes out of a Sunday night prayer meeting. Be a part of that whenever you can. We know you can't make it all the time, but whenever you can, you be here and be a part of that. It's powerful. There's power in prayer, turning away from sin, fasting. Let's just get it simple. I know I say that all the time. It's the KISS method. It's called Keep It Simple Stupid. I guess in church we could say, keep it simple, sinner. Keep it simple, saved person. What, what other S? <laughs> keep it simple, sanctified, holier than thou. <laughs> Just keep it simple. Turning away from the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Fasting and sacrificing and praying. Men, women, the leader of the home, speak up and say, we're going to fast this Monday. Oh, no, no, no Pop-Tarts in the morning. I live on Pop-Tarts and Dr. Pepper. Take something away from your children every once in a while. Take it away from yourself. It's a sacrifice. And if you don't know about fasting, read up. Don't make me come up here and teach you everything and hold your hand all the way to heaven. Get in this Bible. Read it. Study it. Every one of you Google the most random junk. If I, there, I'm going to say something in this sermon today, and you're going to hear something in a story. 
And later on, somebody's going to be like, I want to Google that. I want to read up a little bit about that. I want to, I want to study that. I would, I would encourage you, I would challenge you to study the Bible a little more. A little more. When you read something, huh, let me study that a little bit, a little bit more. There's power in the Word of God. Don't do like I did and have it on the shelf for maybe like half your life and then finally tap into the power source. Let me be honest. Church, church boy, playing the drums. Daddy was a pastor. Papa was a pastor. Other Papa was a pastor. Father-in-law, yep, lots of preachers, lots of, lots of religion, lots of Bible, lots of prayer meetings, lots of revivals. I fall asleep under a pew at church. I've, I've fallen asleep at the altar, just a little kid. Just church, church, lots of church. Just going, going. But I, sometime in, in my adolescent years, started having a little falling away and leaving the things that I was taught. But praise God for a, a God who treated me like the prodigal son. And he said, I don't know when you're going to make your mind up and come back, but when you decide to come back, I'm going to welcome you with open arms. And God is saying to many men today, many women, He's saying, I am right here. I have not gone anywhere. You know, we want to pray that sometimes. God, where are you? God, where are you? And He's like, I'm right here. I didn't go anywhere. Where are you? Where are you in your walk with me? Because I'm trying to walk right beside you, and you're walking away from me and, and running away from me. Get up in my shadow. Get up in the arms of the Almighty and let me wrap you up, and I will carry you, and there will be only one set of footprints at that point where I picked you up, and now it's just me, and I've got you. You're my son. You're my daughter. Amen? I'm getting off track. Let's get back on track. If you've got your Bibles, I want to read to you for a few minutes from the book of Matthew, chapter 25. So turn there in your, on your screens. You can look on the screens. Turn in your Bible. Turn in your phone. Let's, well, Matthew 24 first. Matthew 24. Throwing the media team off. They're like, well, that's not the one he said first. Matthew 24, verses 36 through 42. A little bit more than I normally read. And we'll read another 10 verses right after this. Let's just get through it. Matthew 24, 36. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven. I'm reading from the NIV, so, okay, they've got that up there. Not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying, having a good old time, giving in marriage, living it up, partying, just living life. That's what it was. Up to that day, Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. We can attest to that. It's like that right now. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a, a hand mill and one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Quickly turn over to Matthew 25. Verses 1 through 10. This is the parable of the ten virgins. This is a parable. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Remember, this is a made-up story. You need to draw the parallels between this story and the coming of the Son of Man and how it will be when God comes back. 
At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the, the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, lots of that in, in the world right now, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. They had a form of Christianity. They had something. But they didn't take everything they needed. I want to say that right there. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. We know that there will be a great falling away, and there, the Bible says that people will fall asleep and slumber, and they will get so used to church, so used to God's blessings, so used to them being able to provide for themselves. I got a great job. I can pay my light bill. I got a nice car. I don't hurt for food. I got AC. Everything's good, and it allows me to get lazy Tired, slumber, sleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. That will be like the trumpet one day. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. Give me some of your relationship with God. Give me some of your closeness to God. Because that time when the rapture happens and God comes back, it's, it's too late. It's too late. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. He's telling us right there, do the work. Go get it your, right now. Get it yourself. Do the work. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Just like in the days of Noah, the door was shut. Right now, today, we have an open door. It's an open door. You have the ability to give your heart to God, live for Him, turn away from sin, get your life on track to where there's a strong, strong relationship with Him. I want to speak to you for a few minutes on spiritual preparation and direction. Spiritual preparation and direction. Being prepared requires foresight and effort it requires you to look ahead at what you're going to need and then you have to put in the work you have to put in the effort to get what you need so if you're going to go on a a camping trip or you're going to go on a trip of any sort it's important that you think ahead to what you might need men we love this we love to operate in this mode we're like hey baby i got y'all I'm the man of this house. Let me show you how to prepare for a trip. And your wife's like, well, why do we need the tool bag just in case? Don't ask questions. Why do we need a hydraulic jack? I'm thinking of, see, I'm speaking about some things that I've had to deal with where I didn't have what I need. So now I have a hydraulic jack because I had a flat on the side of the road with an RV or a car. And I'm like, maybe I should have one of those right now. Men, why do we need a four-way wrench? tire wrench okay there's there's men in this church that have all kind of tools all kind of things in preparation in preparation for the what if and what might come I tell you today that there is some preparation that needs to happen in our spiritual lives there are some what ifs there are some might could and there's some things that could happen and will happen and there's things around the corner that we don't know about 
And so today I am talking to you and I want to speak to you about spiritual preparation and direction. We want to have that direction, but when we know that direction, we've got to be prepared and we've got to be ready for the direction we're going. Look ahead, see where you want to go, and find out what you need in that moment and where you're going to be and prepare today, not tomorrow. The kingdom of heaven is at hand today. The kingdom of God is available for you today. When I say the kingdom, let's, let's speak just in the, in the physical sense. If a king from another country, an Arabian country, were to walk in here and he doesn't match any of our dress and he's got this head wrap and a white robe that they wear and he walks up to you and goes, I would like to offer you my kingdom. Immediately you're going to be like, cash money, baby. You're not even thinking spiritual. You're like, that man looks rich. I've seen them on TV. He probably got a lot of oil wells and gas. He just said, I, I got, I offer you my kingdom. It's a kingdom. He's an actual king or a prince. And then we hear it in a message. We, we read it in our Bible, and he wants to give us the keys of the kingdom, and he wants us to be a part of this kingdom. And, and it's, we're kingdom-minded. I want to be kingdom-minded. I want to be part of God's kingdom. And we're hearing it. We're seeing it. We're looking at it. But we're not comprehending it. And we're not saying, oh, 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 it's for me. Oh, like, you're for real. Like, that's, I can actually live a, a kingdom lifestyle. I can actually be free, and I can, I can also have help from, from a king. Oh, so I've got royal blood through, flowing through my veins. I've, 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 I'm adopted in. I, I know I was, but I'm, a, I'm part of this now. Oh, it's for real. So it's for real. It's not just a story. No, it's for real. It's, it works in the spirit. And when you realize that you just made a transfer in the spirit and you tie yourself to a heavenly father and a king, watch what happens. Watch what happens. God has got some mighty, mighty things for us if we will just only turn to Him and give our hearts to Him. Amen. Having direction, we, we, pre, being prepared requires foresight and effort, looking ahead. Having direction requires us to find a focus and to stay on course. A lack of preparation and direction is a recipe for disaster. Fail to prepare? Well, then prepare to fail. Fail to prepare, you are in essence preparing to fail. And when you think about that, can you imagine you wake up in the morning and say, Honey, <clears throat> children, everybody in the house, just want you to know, I'm getting ready for us, all of us, all of our family. We're getting ready to fail. Just, just a heads up, just a heads Just wanted to let you know, we're all going to fail. Daddy, why? I don't want to fail. You said we were winners. Well, I don't really want to do what it takes. I don't really want to prepare. I, I just, it's, it's tough. It's, there's just some, there's some sacrifice that has to be made. I'm not so much wanting to sacrifice. I really like to please my flesh. I like to please my eyes and my flesh. I like to take care of me and take care of my stuff. I'm going to get all that I need and want for myself, right? Well, I love it. Daddy, we don't want to fail. Mom, I don't, we don't want, we don't want to fail. We're doing that. If we are not, if we are failing to prepare, we might as well just look him in the eye and say, hey, get ready. It's going down. The whole ship's going down. The whole ship's going down. You going down, we're all going down together. Just prepare yourself. Prepare to fail. 
No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to live like that. I refuse to live like that. I want to prepare, and then I want to prepare to be successful. I want to be prepared for the things and the blessings of God that are coming. Amen? This walk that we are in is a journey. In this journey, you must set goals. Without goals, there is no motivation. When you set a goal, when you set a goal for your family, for yourself, it immediately causes you to do extra things. You will do extra things. I've said this before. When you, have, when you invite people to your home, you say, oh, we've got to get ready. Get ready. Why? I don't know. You've got to do this. We've got some friends that are here today. They're great givers to the church and, and give of their time, talent, and treasure. And they're great people. And I'm not going to call, I was going to call a name, but I'm just not going to do it. So that wife looks at that husband and she says, I need you to do this, 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 and this. Why? Because I got a lot of people coming over for a swim party. I got a lot of people coming over for a birthday party. Okay, well, I'll do it. And he puts it off and he puts it off, but he finally gets it all together and he does that. He does that. He gets ready. Our heavenly father is coming home. He... He's calling us home. He's going to call us home, and we've got to prepare. We've got to get ready. So set that goal. Let that be a goal in your life. I want to make it to heaven. I want to take as many people with me as I possibly can. I want to take my family, my friends, my coworkers. That is the goal. That is the goal. Now that I know the goal, now I've got to be motivated to do the work. Motivate. I'm getting motivated. I've got to show up. I've got to be here when the door's open. I've got to read my Bible. I've got to teach my children. I have got to do these things. My children ain't getting nothing but older. And before you know it, they're 21 years old. They're out of the house. They're doing their own thing. And you're like, oh, God. Oh, did I do enough? Oh, Jesus, help me. Did I do enough? Did I? Listen, that joy is there for you to have to watch those children turn their life to God when they're on their own and they say, Dad, Mom, I've got it. Thank you for what you put into me. I've got it and we're moving forward. And thank you for handing me a torch. And now I've got this torch. I'm going to make it bigger and brighter. I'm going to burn brighter than you. I'm going to run faster than you. I'm going to do greater and mightier things through God who strengthens me. And we are going to carry this torch further for God. That is there for each and every one of us. Continually better is our motto here at the church. Are we continually better? Are we continually angry, depressed, addicted, sad, lonely? Are we continually rude? Are we continually sick? What are we being continually in? What are you continually dealing with? Are you continually dealing with the things of this world day in and day out? If you are, it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to walk out of this place today super motivated. This is not a message to say, you're messing up. I'm messing up. We're doomed. We're going to all fail. We're dying. Somebody go ahead and go to the funeral home, pick out a casket. Buy me a cheap one so my kids can have some more money. This is not the message. No, this message is to empower us and, and open up our eyes and say, whoa, I, you, sometimes you just have to see it. You have to just open your eyes and look at it from a different angle and say, I really am dealing with way more, I'm not going to say what I want to say, let's pick another word, junk. I'm dealing with a lot more junk 
that I need to deal with. He's got blessings for me in a kingdom that I can be a part of, and I'm not a part of that. I want to be a part of that and then set the goal, and then you will immediately be motivated to do the work. The ones that are following you, where are you taking them? Where are you taking them? Because they are following you. Who are you following? You're following somebody. You're following this world. You're following your friends. You're following what makes you happy. You know, my wife has spoken on, on many Wednesday nights about a God. You're like, we talk about putting gods before God. And, and you're like, whoa, 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 time out. There is no way on earth that you're going to walk in my house and you're going to see a little idol or something on the shelf where we secretly, okay, pastor's not here, nobody's looking. And we, that's how, I, that's how I see people doing that. We are bowed down to this fake God, and this is a gold image. Oh, oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. You're not going to see that in my house. I'm not going to see that in your house. But will I will see, and I have seen it, and I see it time and time again. And this is where it's so tough as a pastor because we're like, it's almost like I'm trying to be a, a father to my sons now who are older you know when you're 21 years old and dad may see something or you're 18 years old and dad may see something there's a I have to be like <clears throat> son hey you might you might hey you might think about hey sometimes just maybe that the parent different and I'm I'm not in the home he's not with me and so I have to watch how I say things and that's the same thing as a pastor I see many in the, there's different ones, and I see them, and they're going down the wrong path. I know they are. I know their children are. I know that what they're doing is literally going to lead to some bad dysfunction in the home, and it already is sometimes, and they don't see it, but you're an adult. You're a grown man. You're a grown woman, so I, that's very touchy to be like, man, I really want to say this, but good Lord, gracious, help me, help me, Jesus. How do I say it? How can I put it in a message? How can I word it in a certain way? How can I motivate them to just see it for themselves? And it's, it's tough as a pastor. And we want to walk up and say, man, what in the world? <laughs> Let me wake you up. It, you kidding me? You literally are going to do this. So let's go back to what I was talking about, a God. And so the God is not the idol that you're bowing down and worshiping. It's what's sucking all of your time up. I can't make it. I can't make it. I can't perform. I can't do. I can't. I can't. You are. You, you're alive. You, your body is, and your body is, and your children, you are, you are somewhere. You're in a place. You allowed your busy lifestyle and schedule to take you somewhere other than God. And then you say, well, it's just a little bit. No, and then you do it again, and 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 you do it again. So much so that it's like, that's just the normal. You have now changed, and it's not even how you were raised. It's not what you know. So where are, who are you following, and whoever's following you, where are you leading them and taking them? What, it's like the, the duck and the baby ducks, and they're going behind. I wish I had this video. I just thought of a video I saw the other day where mama duck's walking. She's walking. 
This is such a great point. Thank you, Lord, for just putting this in my spirit. All right, so get this. Get this. This mama duck comes up on a grate, a metal grate in the street. She's walking along. Her big old fat webbed feet, she's just waddling. It's just, mm, mm. <laughs> my, my wife and my kids love, love, love to go back to a sermon I taught a long time ago. And for some reason, I was talking about a washer a washing machine, and I was like, you know how that washer is, that person, and they wobble, to wobble, to wobble, to wobble, and, and they're, they're like, mom, you remember when dad got up there in front of everybody, he's like, wobble, to wobble, to wobble, to wobble, wobble, like, that is so embarrassing, well, here's you another memory, Here, here's you something else to write down in the memory jar, put it in there, remember it, so that, that duck just, and she's just wobbling, all right, so then the little ducks, their webbed feet, it's just, she comes up on a hazard. This is a hazard in the road. This is a, this is a hazard where uh, the metal grate and the slats are pretty far apart, and she walks right over it. Why? She's good. She's been there, done that. She's big enough. She's, she's able to handle it, okay? But she leads her little ducklings, she leads her children, her offspring, right over the hazard, and then they come in, and not joking, they literally just like go bloop, bloop, bloop. As they're coming in, they're just like, gone, 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 gone. And the guy that's feeding is like, oh, my God, oh, snap, oh, snap, what's going on, oh. That's how he's in the phone. He's videoing it. And then they go out there, and they rescue the ducks. It's got a happy ending. We know that. But she led them right over a dangerous area in a place that she was fine. She can get back. She's good. I'm old enough, I'm strong enough, I am motivated enough, I've had enough that I, it's not going to kill me. But I led you over something and through something, and I taught you that day after day after day, this is how you operate. So, be careful where you're leading your children and what you're showing them on a day-to-day basis. Are you teaching them that God is number one over everything? What are you teaching? Because they're gonna, they're going through it. They're following you. It's life. And then you're fine. You're good. You got a good, steady foundation because somebody did something and said something. You had a moment and encounter with God. They haven't had it yet. Where are my? Where they go? They all fell into the trap and the hazard that you let them right through day in and day out. I want to go now, so listen, without direction and preparation, who knows where we're leading our children. But if we will prepare and we will have direction, we will be leading our children and the ones following us, your coworkers, your friends, everybody. You got people following you and watching you. If you don't believe it, go to Facebook. Followers. I literally have people following me. You ought to feel like a king right now, a queen. I would like to put out a post today to all my followers. All, everyone in Rusk Nation, I hereby decree, somebody needs to make that post. That's hilarious. Maybe even do a live video, get a crown and a robe. I want to speak to all of my followers. And the people will be like, oh, snap. We do, we do follow him. I follow her. Where are they leading me? So you, you got followers. 
They're watching you. They're watching you. Proverbs 4, verse 23 through 27. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the, for it is the wellspring of life. Put, a, put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. You see, all it takes is a small diversion. It just takes a little bit of veering to the left. A little bit of veering to the right. And when you hold that and hold that, the longer you go, the further you get. You've got to stop it quickly. You've got to, we've had a sermon about that. Get back on track. Get back on the path. You've got to stop it quickly. Because the further you go from the path, the further you go from, the, from what, what you know is right, the more you make something else in your life a God other than God, who, what He should be every day, every day, every day. We're serving our Heavenly Father. He's the one who's going to carry us out of this mess. It's not going to be anything in this world and what the world has to offer. It's only Him. And so every day we're following Him, following Him, teaching our children, teaching our children. Why? Because they're following us. They're just right behind us, following us. So we got to keep our eyes on the straight path, the straight and the narrow path. And of veering off, the more and the longer we veer, the further away we get from God. The key to your survival is self-awareness. Don't it's such a dangerous place when you make it to where your friends, your pastor, all of your coworkers, all of your family you don't see it for yourself. You have no self-awareness. You will not have a conversation with yourself and look yourself in the mirror and say, Self, hey, Self, how you doing, Self? Are you doing everything you know to be doing right? Are you following after God how you should, Self? How are you doing, Self? Self, be honest with Self. Self says to Self, no. Self says to Self, yes, I am doing everything I need to do. And Self says to Self, just keep doing what you're doing. But it's such a dangerous place to be in when you put that all on everybody else. Because I'll be honest with you, it's tough. We want to walk up to you and say, you're messing up, man, you're messing up. Golly, I mean, Lord, help them see it. Lord, help them see it. And Lord, have them a conversation with their self. No, it's a dangerous spot. So self-awareness. Pray that God will open up your eyes. Say, Lord, help me see myself. Give me self-awareness. You need to ask for things in your life. It's important that you ask for some things. You have not because you ask not. So you say, simply, Lord, give me self-awareness. Let me see myself. Let me see myself for the leader or the non-leader that I am in my home. The key to that survival is self-awareness. Noticing the signs along the path. So let me show you a sign uh, that we've got right here. This is a picture of where some of you are at right now. You over there. You, uh, where are we going? Nowhere. How far is it going to be? Far away. Any idea what, what time we're going to get there? No idea. Where, where are we going? I'm uncertain. Any idea what next year may hold? Don't know. And, and again, how far distant? Question mark. You have no direction. You have no direction in your life and for yourself and for your family. It's just, I show up when I can. I do what I can. I'm part of this. I'm a part of that. I'm just, it's just a little, I'm just kind of just in a mess. My life is, I'm so disorganized in my life and I have no direction to where I wake up. 
if, you, if this is you, if you wake up in the morning and you're like, I cannot even breathe. This is nuts. I had no idea it was going to be like this. I dreamed that I would get married, have children, have a job, go have some fun vacations. And I wake up and I want to just yank my hair out of my head. I'm speaking to, if you think I'm speaking right to you, don't, don't believe that lie. This is to me. This is to me. I mean, I had those moments. I'm like, I was on duty yesterday and last night. For those of you who are new, I'm a firefighter as well. And we were up till 2 in the morning. And I wake, and I'm just like, oh my God. Thank you, energy drinks. Thank you, cough. Thank you, Lord, for providing caffeine. I will crash later, hard. But I'm going to wake back up. I'm going to be up here and pray for strength. (laughs) So this is where some of you are right now. You're like, I don't even know. I'm at a crossroads, and where I'm at, there's about 16 different roads that that I've got. When you've got to go down multiple roads at the same time, you're, you're spinning your wheels. You're going in circles. One of the top reasons that someone is lost in the wilderness, they go out alone and they, t- they don't tell anyone else their plan. So this is an important point right here. One of the top reasons why they're lost is they're out there by themselves. They never told anyone else where I'm going. Let people know what your goal is. Let your friends, your family, your pastor, come to them every once in a while. Text me every once in a while. Why has it got to be me texting all of y'all all the time? You text me sometimes say, hey, just want to let you know I'm fully on board. We love you. We love God. And we're not going anywhere. Give me some peace of mind every once in a while. Shoot. Man, it's nice when my kids, I'm thinking about my kids. Hey, Dad. I just sent a random text. Hey, Dad, just want to let you know I love you and I appreciate everything you've done. I know it hadn't always been perfect, and you've made your mistakes. I've made my mistakes. But I want you to know, Dad, I love you very much. You're a good father. You know, you're doing a good job. You know what? I'm fine if my phone blows up today and and a bunch of people send me that message. And you know what? Send that message to your wife. Send that message to your husband. Send that message to your kids. Write your... you know they texting and looking at their phone already anyway. Text your children and say, just want you to know I love you, I appreciate you, and I thank you for hanging in there with me. And I want to just give you a little text here and say, we got direction for this home, and I want you to know that I'm going to lead you, and I'm going to guide you, and we're going to make it to heaven, and I want to take you with me, and I've got direction, and I want to tell you that right now. Amen. Can I get an amen for that? So, when you have direction and purpose in your life, everybody around you, they know if your misses are on purpose. What is the norm for you? Is it normal for you to miss or is it a rare thing for you to miss? If I don't show up at work by 7.30 in the morning, my crew is absolutely going to be on the phone. And we've, we've done it. I did it for my buddy, Chris Potts. He's my driver of the fire truck. He is a long, long time friend, and that dude is never late for work. He's always there. He's always on time. He's always early. And one morning, he don't show up. He's one minute late, and then one minute late, I am blowing his phone up. I'm calling him. I call my battalion chief. I said, listen, y'all going to have to put engine seven out of service or get somebody over here, or we're going to have to operate on a minimum man crew because I have got to go check on my friend. It ain't like him not to be here. He's always here, and i got to find my friend, and I want to know where he's at because it's not normal. 
If we're not calling you, if we're not checking on you, maybe it's because it's just normal for you. If God ain't banging on your door, if you don't feel conviction in your heart when you come into the service and there's a talk about the presence of God, the presence of God, everybody feels the presence of God. I don't really feel the presence of God so much. Not so much for me. Not so much, Pastor. Not so much. Well, what kind of a relationship do you have? Is it normal for you to be in His presence, worshiping Him all the time, all the time, all the time? Or is your normal just be like, you know, sometimes I do, most times I don't. I kind of do when I need things. I kind of love to worship God when, you know, hey, I need a raise at my job. I need a promotion. Lord, need you. Got what I need. See you. So, we've, too many Christians, missing is their normal. Not being involved is their normal. So we're not worried about you like we should be. And come to find out, I blow the phone up. I'm like, we, we're fixing to leave Tyler in our personal vehicles. And we're about to drive his direction. That's another point. I knew which way to drive because I knew the path that he took to work. Every time it was time to come to the church house, to, oh, come on, to work to church. I knew where he was supposed to be. I knew, I knew he wasn't going to be off to the left. I knew he wasn't going to be off to the right. I knew he was going to be on this road, on this path. And so, immediately, it's, where, where, find him, find him, find him. Had a wreck with a concrete truck. Broken leg, injured, could have been killed. But I went after him because it wasn't normal. Remember the goal and the destination and stay on course. When you're on course, you're consistently hitting all your trail markers. So if you've never been out on a camp trail or something like that, or been at the state park, we've been at the state park before, different places, and you know the so trail markers, you see them on a pine tree, and it's reflective. And Kirk, I know, and uh, all of that family, y'all, we love to hike and, and do things outside. And, and you, So what, here's what we do when we're hiking. We're like, okay, we're at a, we made it to this trail marker. We see this. Look ahead. There's the next trail marker. That's, that's where I need to be. We just, it's simple. Just follow the trail markers. And maybe there's not a trail marker that we can see immediately, but we're going to go down that path, and if the path starts looking a little bit shady, if it starts looking a little bit rough, we're going to stop, and we're going to go, where, where is the next trail marker? Don't take another step, kids. Do not, I'm literally, do not take another step until you find the next trail marker. Backtrack. He definitely ain't preaching about going backwards in this church. <laughs> but you've got to find that next move that God has for you. If you've hit a wall, if you've hit a spot in your life, you're like, I don't know where to turn. I don't know where to go. Don't just be going aimlessly. Well, God didn't speak to me, so I'm just going to just do this. No, 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 no. You listen to God. You seek the face of God. You seek after Him. And you, and you plead to Him and say, Lord, I am wanting to know. Lead me and guide me and my family. Where do we go? Galatians 5.23. But the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to say these are trail markers. These are things that you need to be going after. When you get there, go to another one. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Got it. Did a good job on that one. Joy. Peace. Got it. Good job. Thank you, Lord, for helping me through that. Patience. That's the next trail marker. Whoa, hold up. I have zero patience. I can't get along with anybody. Maybe you need to hang out on the trail for a little bit. Hit, 
pitch your tent, get a campfire going, get you some s'mores going, camp out with Jesus for a little while. Maybe I'll even have a three-day crusade on the trail. We're here at Patience Trail Marker, and we're going to stay here, children, until we get some patience because I want to be patient, and I'm, I'm, I'm done not being patient. So we will have patience before we get up off this trail and go to the next trail marker, which is kindness. Oh, I love my children. I love life. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Maybe you need to go find that one first on your trail markers. Go get some self-control right off the bat. Trail markers are one after the other. Without a map, you are doomed to failure. But it's not just having the map it's knowing how to interpret the map. You guys aren't going to believe this. This is so funny to me. Uh, the next point that I'm about to make, I'm about to show you something right here. For you young ones in here, this is a map. This is a Texas road map. Blows my mind. Because yesterday, I started calling convenience stores in Tyler. And if you ever typed in gas stations around me, a hundred at least. Call them on the phone. Call them. Hey, y'all got... Y'all wouldn't happen to have any Texas road maps, paper maps. I had some people laugh at me. I had people be like, no, no, we ain't got those. Bye. Y'all wouldn't happen to have any Texas uh, road maps, just paper maps. Y'all happen to have those? Nope, don't have it. Nope, 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 nope. I was about to give up. And like, I was like, one more station, one more station. I I called tons of gas stations. I call this guy at a gas station at a Chevron. It's uh, West Grande in Old Jacksonville. He said, man, it's funny you should call. He said, uh, the state of Texas called me and said, if we give you some maps, will you put them in your store and just give them away? Because he wasn't going to buy them and try to sell them. You can't sell this. You cannot even sell this. There's no price on it. Used to at the top corner of the map, it was like $295, $195, $395. And it's, and, uh, and we used to sell maps at the convenience store. So, Le- Leah, come up here real quick, darling. All right. I just, look, look here. I Open this up. I, I pick on her because I just want you to just real quick, open it up as quick as you can. Get it all the way fully open. It's, like, it's big. I want you to find Tyler, Texas on the map. I actually, I want you to find Rusk. I want you to find Rusk on the map. Right now, she's got the map upside down. It's okay. I want you to find Rusk on the map. But whatever she does, we're going to make a point. We're going to make a point on what she does here. Maybe she's had a parent who's been teaching her how to be oriented. Somebody has taught this girl. Somebody has taught this girl how to look at a map. Why is your finger shaking? Got it, got it, got it. Good job. She found it. All right. Here's the point. Many of us, I'm gonna, y'all pretend like I'm looking at the same thing that you're looking at on my side. Many of us are like, Rusk, where is Rusk? And you ought to be able to see the shape of the state. That's upside down. One of the first things you've got to do on a map is you got to get oriented. you got to find north. you got to find that direction that is only going to lead you in the right direction. Now, funny thing is, I have spoken to people before, and I've run into people, and I say, where is north? And they're like, 
a lot of them get confused, but I'm not joking. I talked to a young lady one time, and I said, where is North? She said, well, North is in front of me. North, North is in front. North, this is North. Some of them, some people right now are like, that's not right. <laughs> hold up. Hold up. Wait a second. Wait just a cotton-picking minute. We're going to sit here and pick cotton on this cotton-picking minute for a second. And, um, no, north is not in front of you, darling. It's not just in, that's, no, north is in front of me. That's straight, right, north? Why do our children and our young adults believe that? Because they follow this thing called a blue line. The world is teaching them and feeding them and showing them what to follow. And I'm not talking now about maps and destinations here I'm talking about another destination. And so this world is teaching our children what to follow, how to follow, and they don't know how to follow. They don't know how to orient themselves to the map. They don't know how to orient themselves and get lined up to the Word of God. Maybe some of us adults, we don't know how to orient ourselves and get in line with the Word of God so that we first have to have some preparation and direction. We've got to have some true direction on where we're going to go. So then when I have that direction, it's not enough just to have the map. I have to know how to use it. You have to know how to use the map. And it's important that we know how to use this map and to stay on course. Man, you know what? another thing is funny? It's just, man, I can remember driving with one of these and trying to fold that sucker up in the car. Men, what are we doing right now? While we're driving, we're driving with our knee. And uh, the kids are freaking out, and you're like, and, and got it all back together. <laughs> Yay. It's not enough just to have the map. All right, people that are very, here's people that are uh, most in trouble. Day trippers, people that take day hikes. I'm almost through, getting through. They're in the most peril, thinking there is no danger. They are unprepared. There's, there's no danger, but it's just a day trip. Spiritually speaking, there are those who are spiritually oblivious and they feel like, I'm just going to go out for a little bit. I'm just going to partake for a little bit. There's no danger in this. No, you will get off track in a heartbeat. I close with this quick story. Praise team, y'all can make your way up. I want to show you a picture of a young man, 28 years old. This man lost his life on a small little day trip type trail and he was not prepared for what was going to happen. As he left the trailhead in the parking lot, he looked up. It's a little trail in New Hampshire. And this handsome young man who has a lot of life in front of him, he's 28 years old, a lot of life, a lot of things, got a lot of promises in front of him. But he looks at it and he goes, I see where I'm supposed to go. This doesn't look that hard. But he had no idea that partway into the trip, he was going to be in a spot where it was above the tree line and he had no idea of the storm that was coming. He had no idea of the storm. He didn't have a compass and he didn't know how to get back to the trail once he got off the trail. But the storm moved in and he was in an area where he was five, he had a five mile trek once he got in this area that he was completely above the tree line and a winter storm came in and he was dressed very light clothes, no preparation, no way to make a campfire, no, no tent. And why, why? Why would I? Because it's just a little, little short trip. It's just a small little veer to the left. It's just a little small veer to the right. I'm just going to go do this with my family and my friends, and I'm just going to partake of this just for a season. 
And it's, there's no way it's going to hurt me. There's no way that it's going to hurt my children. I don't bow down to another idol or God. I love God. I love Jesus. I come to church when I can, Pastor. Get off my back. Don't tell me how to hike. I can see the destination. I'm going to leave. You might want to back. Hey, you take a sleeping bag. Hey, you might want to take some extra water. You got your compass? Leave me alone. I've got my phone. This is exactly what he did. He said, leave me alone. I've got my phone. I'm going up there, and I want to see this beautiful country. Well, he got real cold, and guess what happens to batteries on cell phones? When it gets real cold, battery goes dead quickly. It sucks it down immediately. No battery, no map. He didn't have that, that tried and true. See, this goes down. I, can, I have this. This can get me out of a bind. I can find a road. I can find somewhere to get back. I can find... I can go back to what works right here. I know what works. Kids can laugh. <laughs> Paper map. <laughs> Dead phone. What you going to do? That happened in the fall of 2012. What's bad is right before him, another young lady, she lost her life. They got off the trail. They couldn't find their way back because their phones were dead. And they were in an area where they, it was crazy that they passed away. But they got out in the elements. They got out in the storm with no protection. Nobody around them to help them and say, hey, come get in my tent. Hey, come up here on a Tuesday night, help night. Hope, elevate, learn, and prosper. Come up here and get around me. Be around your friends. Come on, get in my tent. Get in my area. I know you're struggling right now. You don't have everything you need. You're weak right now. You're, you're not as strong as I am right now. Come over here and be with me. Come be with your church family. No, I got it. What's the number one reason people are lost and die in the wilderness. Remember from the very beginning, it's because they're alone. They go out on, on their by themselves. You need this church body. You need your church family. In good weather, they're fine. It's the unexpected. Look back at Matthew 25 and 7. I want you to look back at Matthew 25 and 7. I want you to look at this. They trimmed their lamps. Let us all stand right now. They trim their lamps. God is saying to somebody today, it is time for you to cut away some things of this world. It is time. It is past time. Because that lamp is not going to burn like it needs to burn. It's not going to produce the bright light that it needs to burn that, that it's going to produce. Unless it is trimmed, unless there is a cutting away, unless something falls off, unless I get rid of something in my heart, get rid of something in my life. And it's got to be trimmed. God is saying to somebody today, there's got to be a cutting away. There's got to be a you getting rid of something. And I want to tell you one last point. You may need to be rescued. But for those that need to be rescued, let me tell you what you've got to do to be rescued. You've got to make yourself visible. You've got to find a way to start a fire. You've got to find a way to put some stuff on there and make it smoke up and something rising up. You can be lost as lost can be and be in this church house like I was. You're under a tree canopy. You're right below the searchers. The helicopters are going overhead and you are, you're, un, you're, you're unseen by them. You've got to make yourself visible. And then when they get close, because somebody's going to get close to you, somebody's going to get the nerve to come up to you and say, hey, uh, 
I, I hadn't seen you in a while. I, just check, just checking. Hey, just are y'all okay? They're, what they are, they're getting close. They're trying not to be rude. They're trying not to be mean. They're reaching out a hand and saying, hey, just want you to know. I'll send you a text. Just want you to know I love you a lot. We appreciate you. We appreciate your friendship. We love you. We, hey, we love you. What they're doing is they're, they're searching. They're like, I miss what used to be. I miss having you with me on the trail with me. And now what they're doing is they're getting close. And so what you got to do is you got to cry out. If you're lost, if you're in an area where you shouldn't be, if you're without hope and you're like this, oh God, I don't even know what to do with my life. Oh, there's searchers over there. Oh, I'm lost. I hear them over there on the trailhead. Oh, they're, oh. So that's where the trail is. I thought it was over here, but I hear something. I just want to, but I'm going to stay here. Oh, how am I going to make it out of here? Maybe I ought to go, help! I'm over here! Jesus! Jesus! Because the other option is, I feel conviction, something stirring in my heart. Let me grip the back of this pew. Let me jam my hands in my pocket. And let me just pray that my wife wants to leave church early. Because, or my kids. Or somebody text me and say, you need to come to the house right now. Well, there's some help. There's some help. There's, God is saying right now, there is some help for somebody. You, help Jesus. Lord, I need you. Lord, I'm lost. I'm lost without you. I'm lost without you. I've got to have you. So everybody just, we're going to pretend like this is the trail up here. This is the trail. So for those of you who want to join us, we're going to have a moment of just getting stronger and motivation. This is not for you to come up here and let's just, well, let's just guilt them to death. Just guilt them. No, listen, I'm guilty myself. I get so busy. So just make your way out of your pew. Join us up here for a little time of worship. We're going to worship God. Anybody want to join us for worshiping God? Let me make it simple. Let's worship God. Why? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Y'all, y'all doing a great job. He inhabits the praises of His people. I want us to all as a family, let's worship together. Worship in your pew. Worship up here. Whoever wants to come up here, if you don't get out of your pew... It's all good. Nobody's looking at you. Nobody's. You're not special because you came up here. I love you so much, Candace, but you're not special because you came up here. Listen, everyone, God is looking at every one of you all. Everybody's special. God loves that one. Back row over there, wave at me. Wave at me, back row. God loves you so much. Hey, hey, back row. Back row right over there. When we worship, you worship. It's time. We're going to worship God right now. When we, y'all, everybody, we're going to worship God. We're going to, He's going to inhabit the praises. Let's worship together and let's let's ask God for what we need in our heart. Lord, give me back on track. Come on, give me back on track. I'm not going back. Moving I'm moving ahead. Yeah. I'm here to declare to you. My past is over.